Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Yo, I'm good, man. And thanks for having me back. For sure. That did not sound exciting. I saw you It bounced, like a few times. Okay, okay. It bounced more times than a football did in the last month. So... Yeah, it's, it's yeah. grim times, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, are we talking about West Indies cricket or are we talking about football? What's cricket? No times? proper football to watch anymore. Yeah, I know. But this is why we're here to like help people, you know, get excited about football. You know, because the band boys are back. Football's coming back in like, what, two weeks? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So welcome to season two, uh, episode 54. I guess what now we mean business that we've started a second season. Um, before we get started, I'm going to insert Ross's lovely voice, uh, hopefully for the last time, because he should be back with us, uh, for the next episode. Uh, so yeah, insert here. Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram, our handles at BantaB, on Discord, in the DraftPL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585, on Reddit, you backslash banta underscore boys you can listen to us on spotify apple podcast school podcast soundcloud and youtube all under the name of banta boys all right uh so we're recording thursday night ast time zone atlantic standard time zone so good night to all my fellow trainees if you're listening to us um, so just to remind listeners, um, welcome. Um, so we are mainly a fantasy draft podcast. Uh, we mainly focus on the Fantrax platform. Uh, sometimes we dabble in like the OFPL draft as well. I mean, we're playing the OFPL draft for the first time in a long time this season. So we get questions every now and then. So we answer those. Uh, so yeah, just to give you an idea of what this episode is going to be about though. Uh, in the first half, we're just gonna, you know, banter, talk shit, catch up. Uh, it's been a while since we potted, like, maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll discuss the promoted teams as well uh, in the first half. And second half, we're gonna discuss, like, average draft position, also known as ADP um, in the drafting society. And uh, we're gonna compare those to, like, draft picks and mock drafts that we've done and answer some Twitter questions that we got as well um, related to the mock drafts that we did and other things. So, um, shall we get started? Let's do it. All right. Um, So, I mean, there are new things on the way this season. I'm definitely throwing in new sound effects. Um, The pod's going to sound a bit better uh, in the next few episodes, upcoming episodes. I've ordered some equipment. So, you know, we're we're trying to, like, do things quite classy here uh, at the Banter Boys. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about cricket, uh, just because, I mean, we love cricket. Um, if our listeners don't love cricket, you learn to love cricket because we're going to talk a bit about it. Um, now that we have Ryan on, especially, um, and I mean, Ross is like from Pakistan and West Indies are playing Pakistan at the moment. So it's quite fitting that we talk about cricket. Nice. Unfortunately, that last game got rained out, but you know, we were probably not going to win anyhow, so... Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't win the ODI series against Australia. 
I think that's being generous. Didn't win. We we did so much shit, but yeah. <laughs> I guess the rain also kind of did us a favor um, in that T9 versus Pakistan. Yeah, that was not looking good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pollard got lucky and ended up like saving the inning somewhat. But yeah, let's see how it goes against Pakistan. I'm, I'm glad though that um, the game got rained out so it now forces like a series winner. Uh, for the last remaining uh, T20s. So let's see how it goes. They're going to be playing in Guyana. So good luck to the West Indies. If any of the West Indies, obviously they are listening to the Banter Boys podcast, you know, good luck, guys. Um, So I want to do some shout-outs as well. Uh, Just, you know, because the channel has grown, I'm going to do some shameless self-plugs. Kenwin Jones follows us now, by the way. Like... I'm not gonna lie, I was totally fanboying when um, we're in, like, the Twitter spaces with him, when he started following the Banter Boys podcast. Yeah, I, Kenwin, if you're listening to our podcast, mate, uh, I'm, like, totally fanboying, fangirling. You're you're freaking awesome, mate. Um, and for listeners that don't know who Kenwin Jones is, um, famous Trinidadian uh, striker, uh, played for famous Premier League clubs like Southampton... Sheffield Wednesday, Stoke City, Sunderland, Cardiff City. He's had a stint at Bournemouth as well. Oh, what a legend. Yeah, so like, what's the what's the phrase they always ask? About like Messi, he's never come to the Prem. Like, can he do it at Stoke on a rainy night, you know? Yeah. We know Kenwin can. Kenwin can. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it, it's really awesome to see the channel grow and... Um, and athletes are starting to follow us. So thank you so much for that. Um, another shout out to, I want to say, quote unquote, FPL influencer, FPL Lynn. That's if she listens to the podcast. Um, you know, we're slowly growing sort of thing. So thank you for following us. I hope you're able to like share the content and enjoy the content as well. Uh, big shout out to our mock draft king in the community. I'm definitely going to butcher the username. It's Chris Isles at NY Isles. LFC Real, go find him in the community. It's easy to find him. The guy makes like three or four mock drafts every day and he's committed to ensuring that the mock drafts run as smoothly as possible and people get their draft pick numbers. So go hit up this guy, follow him, engage with him and he can help sort you out with all your mock draft needs before your season starts. Another shout out I want to do is for the Draft Society. These guys are basically like the Avengers of the Draft community. We're more like the Teen Titans. <laughs> I th- I think Teen Titans was still pretty fucking awesome. That is pretty good, say. yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, right? Those guys are like serious about saving the world. We're just trying to fucking have fun and we're like kids. We don't know what the fuck we're doing, you know? Um, but go follow them, go sign up to their content, right? Um, I, I think they charge like a small premium for like some of the quality, quality content that they have out there. I think it's worth it. Go spend the money, go support those guys if anything, right? Because a lot of the content that even we're putting out, we're not charging anything for this. This is just out of the pure love of our hearts. Or maybe we're secretly trying to sabotage everyone, you know, but... Well, that is also true. Uh, I was hoping to save that for mid-season, but yeah, 
let's mention that now. Um, and final shout out goes out to the FPL Draft Boys out in Australia. We're supposed to do some collab work with them. Um, we're hoping to do some Twitter spaces and some mock drafts for the OFPL season, like the OFPL drafts and stuff, uh, to help out that community. And I think those guys kind of are in a bit of a lockdown still out in Sydney. They messaged me earlier tonight saying how they've been struggling to meet up and stuff. So hope you boys are out there, you know, wishing you good health and be safe. Uh, hope you guys, you know, get out of it because us in Trinidad... Only a month ago now, our borders opened and we just opened up like food services like KFC and Doubles. So <laughs> we've been so struggling for the last three months. And you know what? We're hoping that it, it we see some relief for now. Um, I have just weird feeling it could get worse. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, there are variants around. But like you said, everyone stay safe. So, I mean, we could start discussing the promoted teams or I've got like a bunch of things written down in the sheet that I kind of just want to mention, not necessarily that we're going to go in depth into. So, which one do you want? Promoted or do you want biz? Let's do promoted. I know nothing about them, so you can educate me. Perfect. I know nothing as well because I was updating the sheets just now. Nice. Ay, 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 ay. Fantasy with the Banta Boys. So, guys, if you want all your promoted information, I'm gonna give more shoutouts now. Go follow FPL Wire. Uh, those guys did a promoted preseason pod, quality content with uh, FPL Irons. Uh, he came, what, ninth in fantasy gaffer or championship um, fantasy or something like that. So, he was their guest. So, he had a good bit of content, good bit of insight into championship players and how he thinks the promoted teams are going to perform. So go look at that. We've been retweeting some threads as well about the promoted teams. Uh, if it's unclear, DM us. We'll forward you or direct you to the accounts that we think you should engage with one-on-one -on -one or like you should be following, etc. Right? So if we shut the bed, don't worry. The Avengers and everyone else are out there to save you. Sweet. Okay. So I think let's start with Norwich. I have zero Norwich players on my draft sheet. I do not plan to draft any Norwich players. Norwich are getting relegated. The end. Shall we move on? No. They have set peace takers at least. Okay, you know, okay. They always deserve a, a shout out. You know what? That's definitely cued like a Norwich 5, Chelsea 2 defeat, like West Barca Albion did to us last season. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was such a good game. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Norwich in truth though. So their manager, Daniel Fark, uh, he's been at the club for a few seasons now. Um, German manager, you know. Uh, he, what, was, he got them first place in the championship in the 2018-2019 season. Then they got relegated right back down in the 2019-2020 season. And then he came first again in the 2021 season. So he's clearly doing something right. But, I mean, if we look at the comparisons, I'm going to compare their championship seasons, right? That, that's what we have down in the sheet. I don't think it's yep. fair to add, like, the Prem season. Because it kind of shows their transition of the change of style of, as to how they've been playing. Um, I think you can expect maybe a 4-2-3-1 from them. Uh, so the noticeable changes, I would say, from their seasons in the championship, their 
season, like the 2019 season versus the 2021 season, there's a drop-off in terms of the number of goals that they scored. So they seem to have become a more defensively sound team or a team that holds the ball a bit more because their position, their possession increased as well between the seasons from like 55 to 58%. Their passing increased from like 79 to 82%. I mean, they won fewer areas and took the same amount of shots. But yeah, that drop-off in goals from 93 to 75, how do you feel as a manager considering, you know, attacking assets from Norwich? Yeah, so I think already Norwich was such a concentrated team where Wendy, uh, Puki, and maybe one or two others kind of come into play where like maybe Cantwell pops in with a few contributions. But their, their goals and assists really came from those core players anyhow. So if the goal tally drops, those players drop slightly, and then now we know that Wendy has left them, and Oliver Skip is still at Spurs, right? Doing preseason. He was a big part of what they did. Right, yeah, yeah. So, in all, I'm kind of way lower down on Norwich than I, now than I am than I was before when Wendy was in the squad. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got some, like, metrics on some of the players. I'm going to apologize in advance. It's a mixture of, like, who scored and FB ref. This is where we've been collecting our data. I think, like, if you go on the championship page for who scored, it kind of takes into account the matches that happened in the playoffs as well. So, like, Brentford was showing 84 goals scored, but they scored, like, 79 in the regular season. So, like, they scored five in the playoffs. Quick maths, right? Um, so, I mean, we can kind of look at the data, right? One of the things that, like we said, that sticks out is Buendia not being there. He led the team for key passes, I want to say in the hundreds, right? 122 thereabouts. Yeah, he doubled the next best, right? Like Exactly, right? This, the next best is their fullback, right? Not even a midfielder or a forward. Uh, and then he was second for shots. He registered uh, third best interceptions and the highest number of tackles won for them as well. So that's a massive, massive player to take out of, out from them, right? Um, I think in the threads that we retweeted, there's a chance that like the likes of new boy, who is it that you shouted? Uh, Dowell, right? Yeah, Kieran Dowell, yeah. So Dowell is probably going to be the Buendia replacement for them because he had quite a bit of form towards the end of Norwich's season. Like... In the end, he registered five goals and one assist in only 1,000 minutes. That's solid returns. Not bad. Right? And I think you'll probably see Cantwell in the attacking midfield as well, right? McLean and Sorensen are rumored to play behind him as well. And, you know, Pookie leads the line. Aaron's in in the defense. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, from attacking perspective, I don't know if I'm going to try and draft any Norwich players. Like... If you look at the XA um, from last season, expected assists, Buendia had the highest, right? And then yep. second on that list is, I think, Cantwell? Cantwell. Yeah. Right? And then Max Aaron's, like is the third on that list who had the second highest number of key passes for them. So I don't know if I want anyone from Norwich, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good to pass. Move on to the next one. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. I mean, we could talk about if you want to pick up, like, a defensive asset if you think Norwich are not going to concede goals, then go for Hanley. Hanley led the team for interceptions, 83. 
Uh, Gibson is the other center back, but he was fourth on the list. 45 interceptions, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you want to go for Aaron's, right? If you, again, think they're not going to concede a lot, he'll get you key passes. But from what I remember, owning Aaron's is an asset. He'll probably get you 8 to 10 points in one game, but then get you negative 2 to negative 4 the next game. So if you're okay with that, then by all means, fucking have at me. Like, not not my cup of tea, though. Shall we move on? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's focus on... I think let's go to Watford next. I kind of want to leave Brentford for last because I love Brentford. Cool. I'm, I mean, I'm learning, so yeah, take it away. Okay, cool. So we're looking at Watford. They've got a new manager. His name is Cisco. I want to say, is how it's pronounced, probably. I Maybe I butcher that. We'll learn throughout the season. Don't worry, guys. We're going to learn a bunch of new names this season. Um, but he came way, you know, he came in like, I want to say halfway through the season, not really like, Holy you know, shit. Sorry. What's up? It is what the gold cup game just kicked off with Mexico and Canada and Mexico are already two goals up. It's only three minutes in. That can't be right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what happened to Qatar versus uh, USA? USA won one nil. Oh, screw that. Yeah, this has to be highlights or something. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I have... Yeah, yeah. I, I derailed the conversation. That is highlights from their group stage games. It's all right. We're giving you highlights of the Gold Cup at the same time, listeners. And we can always edit that out, so... <laughs> we can, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We're looking at Watford still, right? So, they were in the championship last season, 2021 season, second place finish, not bad, right? They got relegated in the e- from the EPL in the 2019-20 season. Yeah. Um, so, Cisco started, I believe, around December 20th, 2020. And from what I understand, he kind of turned them into like a defensive team, like a fairly solid team. Um, I think he ended up getting like 15 clean sheets in his time. Like I went on who scored and I counted the amount of like nil-nils or one-nils or two-nils. Um, I think it's like 11 in the last 13 or something like that. So their defensive options could be quite the steal, right? Uh, like Bachman, I think, is one of those keepers, not only in FPL, but like Fantrax. I think he's going to be one of those Emmy Martinez sort of performances this season, right? Unless Foster rotates with him. So that he's been linked with Ajax, I think. So that's just one to keep an eye on. Yeah, so they could end up getting a new keeper altogether, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, if Bachman leaves... I mean, do they trust Foster or do they grab someone? Yeah, you're right. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, looking at Cisco's uh, managerial history with Watford, uh, he's played 27 games. He's won 18 of them, three draws, six losses. They scored 40 goals in that time, conceded 16. So a healthy goal difference, right, of positive 24 and a healthy win percentage of 66.67. That's wild. Yeah, that is impressive. Right? I'm gonna just assume that's like a positive manager bounce. Because if you look at like Thomas Franks and Daniel Fox win percentage, they're both like 47 and 43% respectively, right? So I'm gonna say this is like some sort of wild outlier. Like 66.67%. Like that's real wild. That is huge. Yeah, that's way, that's way too high. Okay, uh, we can look at like some of their attacking and defensive assets because I think they're a better team than Norwich is, right? 
Um, so we look at like their top goal scorer from the championship was Ismail Asar. Wait, yep. did I pronounce that right? Yeah, I did. Um, 13 goals, 4 assists, got penalties towards the end of the season as well. Um, I believe he played the most minutes for Watford, Sar, right? He had the highest XG expected goals and the second highest XA. Uh, the highest XA went to Ken Sema from Sweden. Uh, he's one of the guys that could be another sleeper in the Watford team, right? Yeah. Um, other notable players with high XGs, I want to say, expected goals. Uh, Gray, though I don't want him. Dini. Is he going to get minutes, right? Probably not enough. Pedro, the young guy, there's a lot of good talks about João Pedro, right? He had like, I want to say maybe the third highest actually of all Watford attackers. Um, and he's he's a bit underrated. Nine goals, two assists. Um, other, let's look at the expected assists now. Um, Ismail Sarr, like we said, uh, uh, he had like the second highest XA. Ken Sama had the highest XA at 7.3. And then outside of that, there's like a bit of a drop off. I think like the third highest is like Kiko. Femenia. Kiko, yeah. yeah, which is amazing for a defender, right? Um, expected assists of 3.71. He ended up getting four assists in the end. Uh, zero goals though, right? So, I mean, we can look at the other metrics that we've kept a track of. Um, and Sar kind of dominates a lot of the categories, right? So Sar is second for key passes, 42. He leads for shots, 85 attempted, 33 of them on target. Uh, he leads the dribbles with 73. Uh, leads the minutes with uh, 3,459. So I think Sar is like your first pick from Watford, right? Oh, for sure. So from the data that you can see in front of you, who are other picks that you think would be decent shouts as uh, assets? Ken Semmer seems like he's popping up in some of the categories. He's there with accurate corners, so he seems to have that in his locker. He has a lot of key passes. He topped key passes for them, 51. Um, he's pretty nailed on, has a decent amount of dribbles, so I think he's a shout. And really, that's... I mean, if you're willing to punt on Jao Pedro, maybe... He has a decent amount of shots, second highest shot taker on the team, second highest dribbler, and he's done it in less minutes than the rest of them. So, Jao Pedro might be a pick as well, but he can also be a wait and see type, I think. I don't really see him going early in a draft or anything. I'm cringing a lot while suggesting this asset, but what about Cleverly? He's kind of popping up in a few of those tables. Third for key passes, third for shots. So I know he's on a lot of set pieces for them too, which definitely helps any fan tracks asset. Uh I don't know, man. The last time I saw Cleverly was been ages has been ages ago, but he just wasn't, you know, that he wasn't of that quality. The last thing I remember Cleverly doing in the Prem was scoring a fluke goal. I don't know if you remember that moment. No, I don't. It was like that. a cross, and it just went into the back of the net, okay, and okay. so celebrated yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like from what I hear, like their centre backs and stuff kind of pick up yellow cards every now and then, especially like the guy Sierra Alta. Like he's tall as hell, from what I hear, but pick is like yeah, yellow card um happy so. 
I would probably go Kiko if you want, like, one of the defenders. Or maybe keep an eye on Danny Rose. He could end up being the other fullback if Messina doesn't play, right? I know Messina had some decent ghost points at times when he was in the league last time. Right. But yeah, Danny Rose is, like, one of those proven players, right? So you never know. Okay, um, anything else that kind of jumps out to you from Watford? Or do you think we can move on? I think we can move on. Um, All right. Yeah. So, now, save the best for last, Brentford. Um, So, in my data, I did not include Dalsgaard because I believe he went back to the Danish league or something like that. Okay. And he popped up in a lot of the categories. So, some of the data in terms of position of players and stuff might be slightly skewed. And, again, listeners, if you want a lot of the graphics that we're kind of referencing, like, let us know and we don't mind, like, adding it to the thread for the podcast so you can follow while you're listening to the podcast. Yeah, just DM us or whatever um, and we can we can organize that. Um, but, yeah, so I didn't include Dalsgaard. Um, but back to Brentford, their manager, Thomas Frank. Um, he apparently, what, won Danish Manager of the Year, I think, last season or something like that, for helping them get promoted. Um, he's been at the club for a few seasons now, right? Um, he's played 146 games, 70 wins, 35 draws, 41 losses, win percentage of 47.9. So, looking at their back-to-back seasons in the championship... They, funny enough, f- finished third place in both of the seasons, right? Yep. Scored the most goals in both of the seasons as well. Uh, but they had a playoff final loss versus Fulham in the 2019-20 season. That's when Fulham came up. Joe Bryan fooled everyone as early draft assets. Right. The fucker did nothing all regular season. Thank God Fulham went back down. I'm sorry, Fulham fans. I love you still. Um, And then last season... Brentford finally won their fucking playoff final, right? Against uh, Swansea, 2-0 win. So if you want to compare those uh, back-to-back championship seasons, they scored 80 goals and 79 goals, right? And we're talking about 2019 into 2021 sort of thing, right? So earlier and then later, right? So at first they scored 80 goals, then they scored 79 goals. If you want to look at changes in terms of shots per game, possession, Per game and passing percentage there were slight drop-offs in all of them right but there was an increase in the number of aerials one so i'm not sure what that really says about the team the fact that they're still managing to put up the same number of goals even though they're not playing with the football as much i want to say so they're still lethal yep so let's start looking at the data now right who are the first few players that kind of jump out to you i mean we know Tony broke the record for a season in championship, right? Most goals. 33 is a haul. And then actually getting a double-digit assist total with 10 assists alongside that. Yeah. Ivan Tony could really go off and be a solid pick in any draft format, really. See, Ivan Tony is the player that we expected Mitrovic to be when we drafted Mitrovic around the fourth or fifth round. True. Yeah. Right. So let's hope that he at least gets us some goals and assists. Because I think he's going to be Watkins 2.0 this season. Could be. Could be. Who are the other players that kind of jump out to you? So Embuemo for sure. Uh, Canos. And then it kind of dips down to... Is that Force And De Silva? 
Yeah, yeah. So I think Brentford's gonna end up playing like a 4-3-3, but towards the end of the season, they switched to like a back three, a 3-5-2, because like their fullbacks ended up getting injured. So Embuemo and Canios, I believe, ended up becoming like the attacking wing backs, right? But I heard Embuemo can also play as a second striker in the 3-5-2 formation. Right. So it really depends how they start, how they maintain everything, because they had like a a good streak of wins, I think, playing the 3-5-2 formation. I don't have the exact numbers here, they're all in like the retweeted threads that we had right before recording tonight. So go look them up. I'm sorry we don't have them. We don't get paid to have good information, I guess. This is what you get from the Teen Titans. Um, but like, Wait, honestly, you're getting the, paid? Yeah. In like <laughs> Monopoly money. Um, gotcha. No, but if we if we do want to focus on like the attacking options, like I think Embuemo, people are going to sleep on Embuemo. I think he's going to do well. Maybe not as good as Harrison did for his debut season last season but i think i'm expecting something similar right because he has an eye for goal he got eight goals and 10 assists in the previous season right right he actually had the highest expected assists of all his teammates at 7.28 and he had the second highest expected goals of all his teammates behind tony tony's expected goals were like 28.69 that's just disgusting but Embuemo was at 9.83 which is a massive drop-off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the other players that we'd suggest, like Kanyos, he came in a bit late, nine goals, eight assists. He's also a good attacking option. De Silva as well. He, I mean, he might get rotated a bit more because he's, I want to say he saw, like, a thousand less minutes than Kanyos did, but he got five goals and four assists. Um, Jensen is their main set-piece taker. He was like the super sub for Denmark in the Euro 2020. He did decent, right? I think he got called up because Christian Eriksen had that terrible, terrible incident. Um, But yeah, like Jensen led the team for key passes, right? 70, Mbuemo 59, Kanyos 58, Tony at 51. So those four guys are all like the chief creators for Brentford. Uh, They also all lead the shots for the team as well. Um... I want to say De Silva is more of a dribbler as well, right? Uh, than the other guys. Kanyos, though, leads the team for dribbles with 63. Um, and then outside of those attacking options, you can maybe look at the defenders because I think their goalkeeper kept 16 clean sheets last season as well. So he's decent, right? He's not bad. Um, but if you're looking at the defenders, the guy who is going to get all the ghost stats is probably going to be Pinnock, Right? He got the most block shots, which is a new scoring category, what we're going to talk about uh, a bit later, right? Uh, he didn't really lead anything for tackles, but he was third in the list for interceptions, right? At 41. Alternatively, you can look at maybe Janelt or Rico Henry as outside options for defenders as well. Janelt led the team for tackles, led the team for interceptions at 44 and 60 respectively. He was second highest for blocked shots as well. And he had registered the fourth most minutes of all outfielders, right? Um, yeah, uh, and, and Rico Henry, I think, has like some attacking threat, right? He got four goals and three assists. Uh, I, I think, oh, is that Fosu Henry? Wow, what? am I reading the wrong shit? Yeah, probably. Yeah, right. looks so. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know what? Just... Go fucking pick up Pinnock or Yanelt. Or just try to get one of Tony, 
Mwemo Jensen or Kanyos. God, this pod is going to be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's kind of like your promoted players. I hope that kind of gives you an idea of the assets uh, that we talk about. Uh, Do you want to do maybe like a summary, a few points based on what you've learned for the first time about the promoted teams, Ryan? What would be your advice for the fantasy managers out there? What it really sounds like is when they left Norwich, they've become shit. Uh, avoid. Or if you're feeling risky, maybe Max Ahrens or Pookie we know can deliver, but I don't think he's going to get much ghost points. Um, then we went on to Watford. Sar, of course, was your main attacker there. Ken Sema and Jao Pedro, if you're hoping for like some kind of risky punt late on in your draft, they may pay dividends, you never know. But really, it's just Sar. Nobody else that exciting there. Brentford have a few options, luckily. Uh, we all know about Ivan Tony. Embuemo and Canio seem like decent picks. Definitely not early on in a draft, but you know, if you're struggling to find a gem late on and not many people know about these guys you could probably pick them up very late on and they might deliver for you awesome yeah i think we can leave the promoted teams alone now oh thank god i don't know a shit about those guys (laughs) all right now let's get to the biz Just stuff that I like topics. Uh, I I wanted to get like your creative juices flowing. I wanted people to be thinking about these things while they're drafting, you know. So they like they tinker their sheets accordingly, etc., etc. So yeah, let's see where the discussion kind of goes. Um, sure. So I I just want to remind uh managers to go have a look at the Fantrax articles that the Fantrax website posts. Because there are important articles such as the default scoring changes that they mentioned, uh, the changes in some player positions as well, right? Um, do you think we can quickly just mention what the uh, changes were, I guess, for listeners? So player changes were really two key ones for me. Rafinha dropping from a forward to a mid and Antonio moving up from a mid to a forward. And that was pretty much the two key takeaways I had. Everybody else didn't seem that relevant. And the scoring changes you told me about, and I guess you're probably better posed to speak to them. Yeah, so the changes that they have is now you get points for penalty kicks drawn. That's two points. Yellow cards have been reduced to negative two from negative three. That's my favorite one for sure because minus three was way way too much. Block shots have been added for all outfielder positions, one point each. And now goalkeepers get awarded one point for high claims succeeded and one point for smothers. Man, that's such a welcome change. It sucked just having a goalkeeper get like two points because all he did was save two shots and concede a goal. Like, yeah, goalkeepers were so bad. I do want to shout out a couple other position changes that maybe you might have overlooked. You mentioned Rafinha and Michael Antonio, right? Yeah. So, uh, Wilfred Zaha has gone from a midfielder to a forward. Oh, okay, okay. Talisman for Crystal Palace. And I don't know how many players... I feel like this is more like a, a free agent. If he starts, go pick him up. But Callum Hudson-Odoi 
His old position was a forward, his new position is a midfielder, but in the preseason games, he's been playing wing-back. So, just take a note of that. Right. Okay, um, so moving on, uh, AFCON is this year, right? So, you want to remember that all your African players are going to be missing a couple game weeks at some point during the season, right? Yeah. We're talking about... So, who are the first few ones that you can think of, Ryan? Well, I mean, when I was listing it off to you, I focused on the Nigerians. So, Iannaccio and Ndidi, both Leicester players. I think Leicester will have a... a they might struggle that, that month where Afghan is on. Because I expect Nigeria to go far and they probably will without them for a good bit. Um, and when I mentioned them, you then said, yo, but what about Liverpool? I was like, what? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at the full list right now. I think I I just randomly did a Google search. It's a, like on a, on an express.co.uk uh article. So I'm just gonna run through them like the important names or whatever. So for Arsenal, they're not gonna have Aubameyang. They're not gonna have El Neni or Nicolas Pepe. Okay. Uh, for Aston Villa, they won't have El Mohamedi, Nakamba, or Trezeguet. Yeah. Um, what the hell article is this? Why is it showing Bournemouth on this list? It's probably an old one. That can't be right. Um, if we forgot anyone, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, for Brighton, uh, Bissouma, that's a big blow yeah. if they miss him, right? Crystal Palace, uh, Jordan Ayu, Kuyate, Zaha. For Everton, Iwobi? Eh, yeah. I don't know. Not really, right? Uh, Leicester City, Iannaccio and Ndidi. Those are two big picks. Yep. For Liverpool, they're going to be missing Mane, Salah, and Keita. Remember, Genie Wijnaldum's not there, so that's kind of a big thing. Yeah, where the goal's going to come from that month? I mean... Jota, Firmino, and Origi. Yeah, they have to step up. <laughs> Man City is not going to have Riyad Mahrez. Manchester United's not going to have Eric Bailly. Uh, Newcastle won't have Christian Atsu. Yeah, definitely go draft Christian. <laughs> Southampton won't have uh, Dejanapo and Sufjan Bufal. I didn't even know Suf- Bufal was still there. Um, Spurs won't have uh, Aurier. Watford won't have uh, Ismail Assar. West Ham won't have Masuaku. Why is Romain Sais under West Ham on this article? Give me sport. Fix your article. You are drunk. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of gives you a good idea of the players that are not going to be there. We probably didn't mention like all of the remaining like championship sides. But I mean, yeah, just just think of those when you're doing your early draft picks, right? I mean, I'm still going to draft Mane Salah in the first round, right? Oh, yeah. But I think that maybe affects my Morris pick slightly. Just slightly. It definitely affects my like... Aubameyang pick. Um... Oh, from like never to absolutely never. Correct, yeah. Okay, basically. yeah. That, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, let's now talk about the fact of you should definitely have IR spots in your league because COVID is still fucking shit up. Yeah. United had to call off a preseason game. I think Norwich had to call off a few. It's, it's still rampant. Yeah, it really is. So, you know what? Just... Recommend to your leagues. Let's have an IR spot, guys. Shit's gonna be wild. Yeah, that injury reserve spot helped us greatly last season, and yeah, I agree. Definitely, definitely. Um, so 
Another hot talking uh, point was the offside rule change that recently happened. Yeah, so they're going to be less strict when drawing those lines and they're going to give the attacker, I guess, a bit of a margin to work with. So it's not going to have those close calls on offside goals anymore. So like I'm remembering distinctly that, that goal from Bamford where he was pointing and they ruled him offside because his arm was slightly off. Like that goal would have Yeah, that was some bullshit. So that goal would stand in a season like the season we're going into. So I think overall goal tally should go up across the board for the Prem. Hopefully at least. Yeah, so I mean long story short, they just kinda adjusted the the margin that they just an uh analyzing things, right? Trying to make it more, I guess. Uh, obvious sort of thing. Yeah, it's only clear and obvious ones they'll they'll basically call outside. Yeah. So I mean, we were kind of saying that hey, maybe all the guys that were like terribly offside last season might see some potential returns this season, right? So we made a list of that, right? Uh, the 21, 2021 list of living La Vida offside. Um, so Vardy leads that list at 36, then you have Watkins at 31, Mane at 31, Rashford at 27, who's supposed to have shoulder injury. Oh god. Uh, Werner at 26, Richarlison at 25, Wood at 24, Zaha at 22, and Callum Wilson at 22. So those are just the players that had more than 20, um, offside, uh, calls. And I definitely think Werner for one, comes to mind. Because I feel like every time he scored a good goal, it was offside. It was offside, for sure, yep. Right? So, he might benefit the most. Alright, um, let's move on to transfer updates. So, we had a request from one of our listeners. We should have a transfer segment. It's not going to be well done in this episode. I apologize in advance. Look out for look out for it in the future episodes. We will fix that. But I just want to talk about what's the biggest set of names that kind of came in over the last few days, weeks, or whatever. Yep. Who comes to mind? I mean, he's been announced a while back. It was during Euros, I think he was announced. But Wendy's declare big signing so far for the Prem season. Um, I know it recently dropped that Ariola will be signing for West Ham on loan. I think he replaces Fabianski. I'm not certain, but I'm 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 sure Fabianski's well up there now. I think like must be like thirty seven plus years. So. It won't surprise me that, and especially that they have the option to buy Ariola at the end of the season. Yeah, that they're probably going to go with Ariola. Um, I don't know who else is there. There's this kid named J- Jaden Sancho. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 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 came on like he got like one or two Euro appearances, right? Like he's yeah, uh, the game against Ukraine, if you want to count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he started. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did forget about Sandro. And I don't know. I don't know what to expect, yo. It seems like people expect him to be Grealish 2.0. Because he's going in the first round. Before the likes of, like, sometimes Sadio Mane, even. Yeah, yeah. Kind of crazy. But, I mean, there's so many United fans out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I do expect a good season from Sandro. I don't expect him to take long to adjust to the Premier League because he kind of grew up in the younger leagues. He's played with a lot of these guys. He just had his whole Euro session with um alongside Maguire, alongside Stones, you know, 
alongside more physical players like Calvin. I mean, and if you're playing against them in training, you should not have too much of an adjustment period to just adjust from Bundesliga to Prem. That's at least where my head is at. So I'm hoping he hits the ground running, unlike like Timo, who had needed a few games to get going. Um, I don't know. Bad example, because he probably never really got going. But uh, Hey! Yeah, I think, I think Sancho could really just smash it from the get-go. I'm worried a bit about the United lineup on a whole, though. So, like, Cavani seems like there's the only option up top, especially if Rashford does go through with his shoulder surgery. Um, then Shaw seems like a slight doubt to start the season, maybe. So, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's still some, like, moves going along. Like, I th- expect Chelsea to sign a striker. I think, like, if you're, like, a late pick in your draft and you're drafting early, you could see, like, massive re- like massive rewards um, for the first wave wire window. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, in terms of, like, big, big Maverick picks, like, if we expect Harry Kane to go to Man City, then he becomes, like, a top three pick, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, we'll talk about transfers as and when they come, like, the big ones. I don't think we're going to cover, like, every small club, etc. So, yeah. Yep. Okay, Um. another thing, uh, be wary of rotation picks. So, like, your Doherty's and your Aries, your Chilwell and Alonso's, your Tellers and your Shaw's. Um, just have an idea of, you know, if you are worried about rotation of a certain fullback or midfield or forward, at least your getting the other asset ensure that you have that spot nailed in that starting squad for, like, any club, right? I'll give you another good example, like Adama, Traore, and Trincao, right? If you have doubts about Adama playing every game, go and try and get Trincao, right? So just just be wary of, like, rotation. Great advice. Before we wrap up the first half as well, just uh, trends and data sets to kind of think of, right? Um... It's stuff that we kind of analyze in our own spare time and we kind of discuss. And maybe we, we, we can, again, put out the data and we can talk about it in the community. Uh, and I mean, apologies. Uh, I, I don't really text a lot in the Twitter community in terms of like communicate back and forth. I think, Ryo, you've done more of that than I have. I kind of just post it and look at people go ham on the feedback because I'm just worried I'm going to say something stupid. Um, but yeah, so th- thanks to everyone in the community for like responding to our posts and stuff. But yeah, back to the trends to think of. Um, so I'm going to just list them off and I, let me know what you think, Ryan. Arsenal sure. with barely any European football. Do you think there's a boost to their assets? So I think there's going to be less rotation in that sense. And yeah, I think like Saka probably gets more minutes, more nailed. Um, yeah, it's a boost for players like him. Maybe if Pepe actually gets into the squad and he's a first choice player, then... You don't have to worry about Pepe until he goes off for Afghan, right? Um, my my worry with Arsenal not having Europe is that they weren't able to attract those big talent players that they kind of have been able to do in the past. So their signings haven't been that solid, but hey, still some time in the transfer window. Ben White should help them, so you know, let's see how it goes. Yeah, see, I don't understand why people are like, oh, Ben White? Uh, why don't we just go get Ben White? He's moving to Arsenal. Guys, it's still Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's still Arsenal. 
Anyways, um, so another point um, is considering the Lampard Chelsea versus the Tuchel Chelsea. Don't just look at the Chelsea data set as one whole thing for like the all the entire season data. Like split it up and have a deeper look into the data because you'll see a better breakdown of how the minutes were spread, who were like the better goal get like better like goal getters, let's say, like Kai. Kai's position might move up in the draft now, right? Um who who else was like who dropped or oh, like Marcus Alonso was like a nobody on the Lampard. He became a somebody on the Tuchel. I'm not saying go yep. draft Marcus Alonso, but yeah, just have a have a look at the Chelsea data a bit differently. Um West Ham and Leicester have European commitments now. How do you feel about their assets? So I think Leicester have been there fairly recently. They've they've known how to cope with it. I mean they've never done it quite too well, but at least they've they've had that Europe experience, right? So yeah, I don't worry too much about Leicester, but West Ham is a worry for sure. I don't think their squad has enough depth to allow them to comfortably play Europe and then come right back into Prem for the weekend. Um, they are doing some business. It looks okay, and I know they still have some fringe players like Yarmolenko who had a great Euros. So maybe those guys get, you know, European minutes. But I I would start to worry about West Ham after they've been in Europe for a couple of games. Then player fatigue might definitely set in. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. What about if Harry Kane goes to Manchester City? Is Hyungmin's son now going to smash it? I don't know. I find that one very hard to call because Kane was so pivotal to their goal scoring last season. That yes, Son will probably get penalties. Yes, he becomes now the focal point. But then, does their attack on a whole suffer? It's it's hard to see if tell it's hard to tell if the pros outweigh the cons or if the cons outweigh the pros. And I think he might he might remain about even where he was last season in terms of performance, right? Yeah. So now that Virgil Van Dyke is back. How do you, where do you think he falls in terms of which round would you draft Virgil van Dijk? Because now there's a boost to almost all the Liverpool assets. Yeah, so I think they'll be more solid at back. Hopefully that helps them get more clean sheets because last season you couldn't rely on them too much for clean sheets. Um, VVD has always been a beast in the air. And with the inclusion of block shots now, he probably even does better than his best season right yeah. so I don't know it's it's hard to say you would definitely draft him ahead of Robertson so probably not ahead of Robertson but I could see VVD going in like a 6th round like would you rather go for VVD or Maguire that's a tough one I think VVD Maguire is a yellow card magnet similar sort of rounds though similar sort of rounds yeah exactly yeah. okay cool um, so another thing that you pointed out to me was Leicester with James Justin and Leicester without James Justin, they didn't keep that many clean sheets without him. Yeah, so I mean, that was more of just, I just remember them not doing so well without Justin, and I do remember then the defense was rotating a lot, and then I think you dug into the stats and saw that they only kept two clean sheets out of their 15 games without Justin, 
which was kind of eye opening. Yeah. And kind of shocking. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people are keen on Fofana. I mean, I'm speaking regular FPL cuz he's only 4.5 million, but I'm still seeing him going pretty early in in fan tracks and I'm semi worried. Yeah. What about Rafinha at Leeds? Uh you know, where where do you think people should be drafting him? Rafinha started the season a bit later than some of the other assets, but he ended up up there, <laughs> right? For the yeah, yeah. top like I want to say top ten, top twenty players, maybe sort of thing. Uh but it, interestingly enough, when I looked at like the Thomas Tuchel um dates or whatever, like I looked at the data from when Thomas Tuchel came in for all the clubs, and Rafinha was pretty much overall number one player. Yeah, so for me, Rafinha is a definite first round pick. And Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss it later when we talk about the um, Twitter questions, right? For sure. Man, we're hitting the hour mark, but let's try to get through this as quickly as possible. Um, Watkins um, and how the rest of the team performs. You might want to consider how they did with and without Grealish, right? So luckily, Ollie still was a good pick without Grealish. And if Grealish does end up leaving the club, they at least replace them with Wendia who different player different style of player but should keep the creativity there yeah so i'm still pretty keen on ollie yeah and so i brought this up yesterday with you uh, we still don't know who has penalties at aston villa i mean el ghazi is rumored to leave um el ghazi probably wasn't even going to start anyhow so who gets those pens i hope watkins does yeah so if he does his value goes up a bit again right so yeah. Cool. Um, and final thing in terms of trends is just be a bit cautious about the assets from Spurs, Everton, Wolves, and Palace. They have new managers. We don't know how they're going to play, how they're going to rotate, how they're going to sub. So don't just assume that just because they're these assets were beasts before that they're going to remain beasts. Like I think there's a couple of safe assets from these clubs that you, know, you assume will still perform. Like... Luca Dean, like Youngman's son, like Adama Traore, like Wilfred Zaha, right? Right. But all the other guys, maybe be a bit more cautious with them. Yep, agreed. And final thing before we wrap up this half um, is something that I was like trying to pick your brain about, right? Uh, something a bit mathematical, right? Was coming up with a mathica- mathematical formula for determining what your numbered picks would be in a draft depending on the size of your league i know this is gonna get super nerdy but do you want to break it down quickly before we wrap up this half i'm sure so i know you asked me the question and then i kind of just went off into my math zone but i guess if you let n be your your league size so if you have 10 players n equals 10 and then it kind of depends on which round you're in so every odd numbered round you're gonna apply hold on let me just look up that formula because <laughs> i did think of it on the fly but like so let's say it's your round is now round number so i'll just call it that yeah. r yeah. so for every odd number round r minus one times n plus your starting pick position should give you 
all the where your picks will lie for those odd number rounds. Yeah. And for even number rounds, R times N minus your starting pick position plus one should give you the correct. That's picks. so cool. I didn't actually test it out, but like I'm pretty sure it's fairly accurate. I mean, at least the Banner Boys are getting better at math. Kind of. Okay. I think now is the perfect time for us to take our halftime pints. Right? Yeah, there's no math to be done after the halftime pint. Fuck that. See you after the break. And we are back. Okay, so in this half, well, I will try to maintain it as a half. Um, we're going to talk about the average draft positions, draft picks, and the Twitter questions that we got, right? Um, so I wanted to quickly look at what the average draft position were for the goalies. I know I, guys, in the previous episodes and season, like, you know, I'm not a big fan of like drafting goalkeepers, but man, people keep drafting goalkeepers early in the mock drafts and it's so upsetting. Yeah, way too early. Like, I think your last mock, someone drafted a goalkeeper in round seven. Yeah, it was something so fucking silly, man. So, like, let me pull up right now in terms of, like, the goalies and their average draft position. So, Emmy Martinez seems to be the goalie that's going the earliest, and he's going around the 87th or 88th pick, right? And what is that in, like, a draft sheet, would you say? Uh, I don't know. Does that divide by 10? If you're 10-person league, that's, like, round 8. Uh, divide by 12 if that's 12 personally that's like round 7 that is that is early yeah so that's like the 8th round 7th round ninth round something like that right yep yeah that is way too early for a goalkeeper guys come on don't don't do that shit right and the next goalie that goes is like Allison, then Nick Pope Ian Mezier Edison Edu Mendy you can get much better goalkeepers than all of these guys in your last round for sure like, when we were doing mocks, like, there were players like Hugo Lloris. Pickford was free. Uh, you can get Alfonso Areola now. Dean Henderson you could probably get. Right? So there's definitely good goalkeepers. Just wait until the last round. God damn it. I, I mean, we could talk about, like, the players whose dra- average draft positions are either high, too high or too low. But I think we'll you'll hear a bit of that throughout the preseason content. Right. So let's just jump into, like the draft leagues and that sort of breakdown and all sort of shit that I have written down. Um, so I'm playing two fan, two 12 person fan tracks leagues this season. Um, and I'm playing two OFPL drafts, but we're going to stick to the fan tracks content for this episode. Yep. So how many fan tracks leagues are you in? Do you know? I am in just one for now. I kind of took over commissioner from you on the Bantam boys league. Yes, yes, you did. Good luck to everyone in that league. Um, just DM me for Ryan's PayPal account and we can organize a better uh, finish for you in the standings. Oh, for sure. And I think um, we added four new players to that league to kind of make it 12. Two players dropped out, four players came in. Yeah. So it should be a good season, competitive, hopefully. Yeah, it's unfortunate you don't know your pick numbers and stuff until like the draft happens. But I do for both of my draft leagues. And I'm playing for money for the first time ever this season. So it's going to be a very interesting experience having 12 fully committed managers in a league. Yeah. Um, so the one league, I have a draft pick of pick seven. And that's like a normal live drafting league. 
But then the second league that I'm in, I have a draft pick number of 11. And that is actually a slow draft that is going to happen over days and days. I think we get like eight hours per pick. And then we got to like tag the person whose person is next, like to, to go draft. And I'm kind of glad that that one's a slow draft because drafting late this season is a pain in the ass. Yeah, true. It actually did not look too good when you did your mocks. Not at all. Not not at all. Um. So, I, I mean, we like just started doing mocks over the last few days, I want to say. Um, and like, I want to say my drafting sheet is slowly improving because like, I, I've started to like dissect the data a bit and I've shown you a bit of this, right? Um, we created like this weighted ranks. It's basically a dumbed down version of like the average between the ghost ranks and the overall ranks. And when we say ghost ranks, we're looking at like ranking by total ghost points, right? You're taking out your assists, you're taking out goals, you're taking out clean sheets for all the three positions or four positions, right? But we didn't really fucking look at goalkeepers. So three positions for the outfielders. Um, and we kind of arrange the players according to that, right? And we also wanted to look as well at like, you know, the top 20 or the top 40 players um, by position or by club, like over the last three seasons, just to give an idea to people how they should probably dr- be drafting their first few picks. So like, what kind of stands out f- for you um, from this image so far over the last three seasons? I mean, it looks like, Forwards and mids, mainly forwards, are are the way to go, right? They somehow scored more points than anybody else. Because, I mean, if you look at, like, the top 20, top 40 breakdown, right? Um, For last season, the top 20 players, there were 11 forwards, 8 midfielders, and 1 defender. Guess who the defender was? T-Bay Bay. There you go. Uh, And, yeah, like Ryan was saying, in terms of when you're looking at, like, the top 40... Again, it's mostly dominated. At least half of them are forwards. And then it's a combination of midfielders and defenders. Almost a bit even with midfielders and defenders. And I felt like while doing mock drafts as well recently, there are slim pickings for quality midfielders this season. Oh, I definitely agree there. And another thing that kind of jumped out to us while we were looking at like the data is we were comparing like the total points rank versus the ghost rank. You know, like, players that you think are awesome, like Raheem Sterling? Even though his total points rank was 34 overall, and again, this is just outfielders, his ghost total points rank was 66. Yeah, he he really either hits or misses, right? He can have those, like, 20-something point games easily, or he can have a game where he just scores one point, two points. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know what to expect. Whereas if you get, like, a mount, he's going to get those key passes every game. Taking along very nicely. You could rely on a consistent set of points from him. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, well, that kind of went by really quickly. Should we just jump right into the Twitter questions then? Let's do it. Do you want to read them out first? Sure. So this one is from Robbie P. So it's at A Team of Caras. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a team of characters. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So, he said he's looking forward to this pod. Um, he wants to know who are the best sleepers for mid to late rounds and who's your no way I would draft him that high kind of guys. 
he's also interested in our thoughts on the best defensive options from the promoted teams. Robbie P, thank you so much for your question. Looking forward to beating your ass in our uh, upcoming league this season. But yeah, thank you so much for the question, mate. Um, we can answer the first one, I guess. Um, so the first one is he's asking about who's the best sleepers for mid uh, to late rounds, right? So just to give you guys like definitions of what certain terms and stuff means, if, if you don't know what they are, you can find them on the draftsociety.com website. They've got a fantasy EPL glossary section with definitions for all these words. So a sleeper is defined as a player who you think is going under the radar and will therefore outperform his or her draft position. You never know. We might start playing fantasy with females. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who do you think, like, based on, like, the mock drafts you've seen me do, would be, like, some sleepers that you think? I think some set-piece takers from the promoted teams could easily outdo where they've been picked. Um, Like, Karen Dowell comes to mind. I don't think he even has a draft position. Or if he does, it's very late on. Um, let's see. And Waymo is another guy who could possibly easily outperform his um his average draft rank. There's no way Andreas Christensen should be going before Embuemo. Oh yeah, no, for sure not. I don't even get why Christensen is that high up. To be fair. Yeah, people are just fucking around in the system. I think there are people that are more bad mind than us, yo. <laughs> so, I don't know who are the mid, who what are the mid to late sleepers are there? Hmm. I guess you really get into like maybe Delhi Ali. So Delhi Ali is kind of going late. Yeah, that's true. And if Kane leaves, he should be a more involved in everything Spurs do. Uh, I think you really can get like a a risky pick who absolutely just smashes this season. So like uh, a Jesse Lingard, who we don't actually expect to start for United, or at least if he only starts the first few games, it's until Rashford's back up and running or something like that, right? Uh, But what if he actually just plays a lot of minutes? Then he'll easily outperform his his, um, ADP. Um, Who else is another one like that? Andrews Townsend, yeah, I think is also with the show. Yeah, exactly. That kind of player. Maybe R- Ryan Aitnuri, uh, you can get him late. Apparently, he's been playing out of position in the most recent preseason games. Yeah. So, so the thing about those kinds of players, though, is you want to make sure you still have a core of solid players who will get minutes because you don't want to rely on these guys who potentially might play no minutes for a good chunk of time, right? Yeah. Like Pablo Fornals, even though he gets goals and assists, he kind of gets rotated, right? Yeah. So you don't want to pick him up too early, but I think he's a player that you can get as late as like the 11th or 12th round, yeah, right? Exactly. Like you can get even like Nathan Redmond around that time. Yep, yep. Um, you could possibly get Ziyech. I've seen him fall as late as like the 8th or ninth round. If he gets minutes, I think that could be a steal for that position of the draft. Yeah. Other players that you could probably get... I, I feel like the... The Brighton defenders are going really, really late, and they should be going a bit earlier, possibly. Like Dunk, yeah. Right? Yeah, like Dunk should be going before Andreas Christensen, guys. Come on. And now with um Lamptey out, I guess Veltman has more appeal now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, there's a few picks. Uh, if if you like think that we haven't mentioned any, like, feel free to comment on the podcast thread, etc. Right? Um, I, I can't think of anyone else. Uh, I feel like we've mentioned like some of the main ones per se, and, and like you know, upcoming pods we'll we'll discuss more um to come. Um, so the next part of his question was, no way I'll draft him that high, guys. Yeah, so we already mentioned a, a couple. I think Christensen for sure should not be drafted yeah. that high up. Um, Paul Pogba, don't draft him early because we have no idea if he's going to stay at the club. Yeah, there are a couple of players like that who look like they're on their way out. Like Zuma, we saw him picked up in your mock draft tonight. Why? I have no clue. Um, yeah, Danny Ings going in the third round, Emil Smithrow going in the fourth round of one of my mocks. I think that's way too early for those guys as well. Yeah. How do you feel about Phil Foden as like a second round pick? Too early? For me, it's too early. I don't think he's nailed enough to be picked that early. But, I mean, he is Pep's golden boy. Maybe he gets more minutes. He didn't have that exhausting of a Euros, I don't think. I mean, yeah, they all train together, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Foden. Again, my only rule in terms of drafting early is don't draft a goalkeeper until the last round. Uh, other than that, I haven't seen anything too outrageous. I mean, we have seen this Southampton defender go every single time. Yo, okay, listeners, who the fuck is Chapachet? I'm definitely um, butchering that name. Yeah. Chapchet. Oh, yeah, that's Chap-chet. not bad. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, who is a Southampton defender that keeps going so high on, like, auto drafts and everyone's drafts? Like, who is this guy? Is this someone that we're, like, sleeping on? If so, can you please comment or DM us and let us know so we can explain to people on the next draft? I assume he has to be, like, a ghost point beast, right? Like, aerials or something? Like, is Vestergaard still nailed? I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Bednarek drops out? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean... Benner led the league or led Southampton for like interceptions or some shit last season or tackles one, didn't he? Yeah, but I think that's because Vest was so injured, right? Yeah, that's true as well. Okay, uh, the next part of Robbie's question was uh, the best defensive options from the promoted team. Um, so, like, we had mentioned that uh, just now. Yeah, I think it was just Hanley from Norwich, really. No one else there. Pinnock and Yeltsin? What was his name? Janelt. Janelt, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely terribly off. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even close. I mean, the other uh, defender maybe I'd suggest from Brentford is the Henry guy, right? Uh, to go with Janelt and Pinnock, like Ryo suggested. Watford defenders, Femenia, maybe Messina, maybe Danny Rose, if he plays. Um, and yeah, finally, Norwich, uh, like you mentioned, Ryo, uh, either Hanley, Gibson, or Aarons, right? The attacking fullback. All right, yeah, okay. Oh, I think he had one other thing, I think, yeah. He did have another, yeah. Ryo, do you want to read that out? Sorry sure, so, that. Robbie again, he's like, I've just got seven pick in one of my fan tracks EPL drafts, uh, based on my ranks and current ADPs that are that are on the fan track site, these players should be who I'm potentially able to get. Which of these players do you go for out of these options as your first pick, um, your first round pick? So the players he's seeing around that ADP of seven is 
Hyungmin Son, Mason Mount, Rafinha, and Jadon Sancho. And he's got the results of the poll as well, right? So it seems like Son won with 42.7% of the votes. Then Rafinha came in second, Sancho in third, and Mason Mount fourth. So I know we, we've been discussing this for the last couple of days, right? Yep. And I think that we've kind of both settled on Rafinha would be the first one that we would pick out of those four, right? Maybe Hyungminson after, and then it's really personal choice between Mason Mount and Jaden Sancho. And I think my reasoning, at least, for going Rafinha is we know he's nailed. We know he's on all set pieces. And we've seen what he can deliver. And I think Bielsa has one more really solid season out of that Leeds team. Like, I think they're going to play the same style of football. The team hasn't lost a lot of talent to poaching teams as yet. So I think Rafinha should be about the same as, I mean, at the peak of, at the end of last season, we saw him at his peak and I think he'll keep that going. Yeah. I think Sancho and Mount are slightly less nailed. I, I know Mount is nailed, of course. He's nailed for every Chelsea manager that's come in. He's been nailed. Uh, it's more... There was rotation at the end of last season. I mean, of course, you guys were in Champions League. Tuchel had to manage people's minutes carefully. But there, there does seem to be an abundance of midfielders at your club. I just don't know. Um, Jadon Sancho is new. Do you really want to use your first pick on someone who we haven't seen proven in premise yet? I mean, yeah, if you're a United fan, you do want to be able to support your team and your player at the same time. So, sure, I get why he's going early and I, I get why he's getting a lot of votes. Uh, Min Son, I'm, I get the appeal as well, but I just don't know the impact that I'm assuming Harry Kane is leaving the, the club and I don't know the impact that's going to have on him. Yes, he might get penalties, but I think overall the attack of that team just dampens a bit. Yeah, those are great points. And I don't think I don't think Son was a massive ghost points machine, right? Like, no, I wouldn't say massive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but it, it helped that he had like set pieces he did, and stuff he did right? that kind of kept him ticking yeah. along. And you never know; he might get penalties if Kane leaves. Yeah, because he took penalties at times. So, yeah, okay, Robbie. Thank you so much for your questions and your input, mate. Looking forward to chatting with you for the rest of the season. Okay, so our next question. Next question is Peltiers. So I believe this is the same Peltier that between the Euro knockouts, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, gotcha. That was a, <laughs> it was a draw and he won on captaincy. That was uh, so annoying. Anyway, I should have just captained the safe pick, but whatever. Um, yeah, so it's Peltier. Uh, his handle is at metal underscore cleats. Um, he says, yes, he's, he's basically commenting on Robbie's question, right? He says, Yes, he yeah. loves this question. Son, Rafinha, or Mount in the first round if they're all available and why? So I guess he drops Sancho off that list. And I kind of agree with him, right? Sancho shouldn't make that list yeah. because we've seen Son, Rafinha, and Mount deliver already. So Sancho's lowest down on that list for me. And I kind of guess we already spoke to why we both prefer Rafinha slightly more than the others. But any of them are definitely worthy of a first round pick. Yeah. 
For sure, 100%. And if you want to banter about it off here, hit us up, DM us. So the last part is not really a question. It's more so discussing the feedback that we got uh, from the first mock draft that I posted on Twitter, right? If, if you want, go on our profile page. You can see it's all labeled accordingly, first mock draft. I complained about how I had more fun coloring the sheet than I did actually picking. Um, so I had the 11th pick in this draft and, um, I just want to go, th I, I, Ryan, if we could just go through some of the comments that people made, cause I thought they made some great points in the community, right? Yeah. So if you could just read out like the names, their handles and just what they said, like the comments that they made. Sure. So draft OG said, so his handle is at, at OG underscore draft. Um, he said pick two in your, uh, screenshot had a very Good strategy. He thinks he had a great forward line, uh, good supporting cast for his first choice pick, who was KDB, um, in the midfield. So he had he had a fairly balanced midfield, and he says just just a lot to like in that squad. So just to give listeners an idea of what that squad was like, so KDB was his first pick. His next next three picks were Vardy, Bamford, and Firmino, and then he had three mids after that of Pulisic, Armstrong, and Deli Ali. So that's the supporting cast that Draft OG is referring to, right? Yeah, and I guess the strategy that he he applied was pick three mids. I mean, pick three forwards, pick three mids, pick three defenders. Because right after that, he picked up Doherty, Lamptey. I'm not too sure why he's injured. So, and he picked up Konate as well. Yeah, and he pretty much finished off a full squad of outfielders before picking up a goalkeeper and then his bench. Yeah. And, and like you said, uh, like you had commented, right? Great mid, great forward, just defense looks iffy. Yeah, especially Lamptey pick because we know he's injured. Oh, and he 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 was one who picked up Chapachat, yo, Chapchat. Anyway, <laughs> Chapchat, Chapchat. So I guess there might be something he knows that we don't, but yo. Yeah. Uh, Robbie also commented on this, uh, Robbie P at a team of Kara's. He said one, so basically he was commenting on what my picks were, right? So my first pick at the 11th pick was Trent, and then I went Buendia, Damatore, Ivan Tony, Ismail Sar, Matt Target, etc. You can, again, you can see the full list on our Twitter page. So Robbie made a good comment saying that one thing I'd say is if you go for Trent in the first round, I wouldn't touch another defender until the later rounds. Plenty of other mids, plenty of other forwards available. Although, I'd go mid as you've got three forwards by the time you pick target. And I picked target, I believe, in the sixth round. Yep. And I kind of agree with him because you mentioned this while doing the draft. Um, all There were a lot of similar type defenders to target that were still available. Like, I think Aspi was available the same time you picked target. Uh, I mean, even Matty Cash on the next side of target is as good an option maybe as he is. Tierney was still there. So yeah, you probably did jump the gun a bit on target when you did need a midfielder. The lucky thing is not that many solid mids were still available. I mean, mids are slim pickings this season for sure. You mentioned this already. I guess you could have gone for a risky pick maybe like Delhi Ali instead of Matt Target but I don't know or maybe like Leandro Trossard or a Solly March yeah I guess they did go right after you um right in the same round same or round. something like that I think they were yeah yeah 
Um, okay, uh, what about, <laughs> I fucking love Jeannie. Man, Jeannie, if you listen to our podcast, bro, I can't wait to, like, meet you in person. Jeannie, Jeannie's comment was, Antonio and Adama falling that far should be a crime against humanity. So, Adama went late, I want to say, in the third round, and then Mikhail Antonio went right before me, right? So, basically, end of third round. Yeah, so I think, uh, backtracking, that looks like, Antonio went as 34th pick and Traore went as 35th pick, which yeah. does seem very Quick late. Maths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which does seem very late. Um, I, I don't know if I'd take Harvey Barnes and Phil Foden before those guys. I don't even think I'd take Suchek above those guys. More so because he had a season of his life. Yeah. ASM is also too injury prone for me, so I'd probably even pick those guys before ASM, but that's just me. Yeah, um, Peltier also commented on this. Uh, he also complained, saying that like drafting late is real shit and real tough. Uh, he made an interesting comment saying that he kind of likes that Sterling went early. He feels like Sterling could return to form. So maybe if you get Sterling in round three, that could be a steal. Oh yeah, not bad actually. Right. Um, shout out to Ramnarayanan. Mate, I hope I did not butcher your name. At Kalu Kali Yug Karna. Um, thank you so much for your comment. He was basically saying the same thing that we were saying uh, all episode was, what's the deal with Christensen? Why is he a top 20 defender? Are we missing anything? And Robbie replied saying that the reason he thinks Christensen's ADP is so high is because like, the autodrafts are just fucking shit up, right? So, maybe be careful when you're looking at the player pool. Don't just have it sorted by ADP because you could end up on... You could end up picking some shit picks early and missing out on great picks later on. Yep. And then I'm sure the ADP list will probably shoot you, um, Martinez, pretty early on too. Yeah, exactly. And do you want to read out Draft Lad's final comment in the post? So at Draft Lad said, uh, Tony Ansar feels a bit early for him. He gets that you're we're in a tricky spot because there weren't that many good forwards left by that time. But he thinks maybe you could have gone for Jimenez over Tony. And uh, he says because you picked up Adama, maybe it might be worth hedging Adama's risky benchiness. By picking up Trincao fairly late on. That way you have a quality um, option. Depending on which one of them plays. And if both does, if both of them do start. Because Neto is out. Then yo, you're winning. Yeah, great point. I, I don't know if I would go Jimenez over Tony. Mate, Jimenez had a terrible fucking injury. Like, I don't know why people are just assuming he's going to come back like normal Jimenez. Like, I'm, I'm going to cringe every time I see Jimenez go up for a header. And I don't want to enjoy fantasy like that. I don't want to enjoy the season like that. Yeah, I I do think he seems like the type who wouldn't let that hinder him. I mean, I don't know what I'm basing this on, apart from what we've seen on TV, but like I think he does have the passion. I think he does have the... I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Passion spelled P-A-S-H-U-N. Club style. Nice. <laughs> um... <laughs> but yeah, I feel like he has this the fortitude, the mentality. Like he's not gonna let yeah. that stop him, right? Like we've seen a hungry Jimenez before, and I think 
he might not start off that way, but he will definitely get back to the speed. I mean, he has a really cool scar. I'll give him that. He does. But I'm just really scared for the guy, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. Like, there are players that I'm just... I think it's because, like, the more seasons of draft you play, the the more you learn, the more you realize, and the more experience that you have from pain as well, like, knowing which assets you expect are definitely going to disappoint you, right? So, like, there's players that I am, like, intentionally not putting on my draft sheet, right? Like, I like I said, I don't have Pookie on my draft sheet. Like, why the fuck do I want to draft Pookie? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to wait. I would rather somebody else waste their time drafting Pookie. That benefits me a lot more. Yeah, so for me, that was, like, Auber. I told you I'm not even considering Auber. Yeah, like, I would love you so much, whoever is in my league, if you draft Oba. I will buy you a fucking mug, calling you, like, a king or some shit. I don't know. I'll buy you a gift card. And watch, for Amazon. sure, is gonna win, like, Golden Boot this season. Now he's gonna, like... I know, at only 10 million on FPL. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's not talk about FPL, guys. This is a Fantrax podcast. But, I mean, that's the end of the podcast. That's the end of what we kind of had to talk about, right? Oh, sweet. Um... I don't know if there... I, I feel like we covered everything that we had written on on the sheet. Yep. The second half might have gone by a lot quicker than the first half, but we just got back. We're still, like, getting our feet wet, right? Um, so we're we're set to be recording our next episode, I believe, on... When? The Monday? Next week, Monday? I think we're going to be recording Midfielders, and we're going to have Ross. So we'll have three people on the podcast. Sick. I didn't confirm yet, but yeah, happy that Ross. I assume that you're going to show up, you know? (laughs) Ryo's employers, if you're listening to this podcast, give him the day off. It's for a good cause, okay? And and guys, when when Ross is back, we're going to go back to like the regular format of the series just to kind of highlight new listeners that are on for like season two with the Banter Boys. You know, typically what we kind of talk about is we do like league catch-ups, we answer Twitter questions, we do like injury updates from the PremierInjuries.com website, Mr. Ben Dinnery, the injury guru himself, right? We we do like game week predictions, we suggest hot FA waiver picks, and we sometimes play fun pub quizzes. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most for the next episode. Oh, Just yeah. throwing wild questions, wild stats, and seeing who the hell's going to win. I'll join for the pub quiz, yo. All right. So before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts, any final points that you want to add based on what we've discussed tonight, Ryo? No, not really. Um, Like you said, like any listeners, just hit us up with any questions you have. I think we're still enough time that transfers are going to change things. So don't take everything we've said as gospel just wait and see how transfers impacted yeah and i I know we didn't discuss the second mock that i posted on twitter we'll probably save that for the next part if anything like an opener or anything i think my final point will just to be to reiterate what joe williams said on twitter right he's another um big community member at j will draft late draft picks are rough this year plan 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 and reach when you know you want a guy. Don't be afraid to reach. So I think the first person that comes to mind is like Embuemo. If you think it's a good time to pick Embuemo, even though his ADP is a lot later on, go get him. Because chances are, there are going to be informed managers in your league that might attempt to do the same thing. Yeah, great point. One thing, uh, I would say in my history of drafts, I have never given mock drafts a fair chance. I mean, I do do my preparation before a draft. 
I get my sheet ready, but I've never actually sat down and did a mock draft of my own. Having do, done two back-to-back drafts for Euros, having watched you do your mock drafts, I do see the value in them. So, yo, don't stack. Go get that um, mock draft hookup from your boy. And... <laughs> yeah. You, you know who we're talking about. Yeah, the guy yeah. who makes all the mock drafts. Exactly. There you go. That's a great point. Because mock drafts is not just for you to, like, fine-tune your sheets or to, like, fine-tune your picks, but to kind of prepare you for that adrenaline rush of when you're actually in a draft room. Because things can go wrong and you hear that fucking loud uh, air horn go off in the fan tracks draft room and that throws you off, you need to be prepared for all of this shit, right? So definitely go do your mock drafts, right? So on that note, I think it's a perfect time to sign off. Um, Again, hit us up on all the socials that we mentioned at the start of the podcast. And yeah, bring on season two, man. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace. Later. Later.